Hey guys, Luke here, and well, I had a weird idea. You know, recently I've been writing the odd review about TV and movie stuff that I've been doing. So when I watch a movie, I blurb about it on Facebook and Twitter, and just basically give my little thoughts and maybe a rating. I don't know, I just like to review stuff. And some other people like to do movies and video games and things like that on top of board games and everything else. But obviously my channel is devoted entirely to board games. So I got home from watching Spider-Man Homecoming and I just thought, you know, I'm going to just jot a few words down. I had my thoughts and then realised I've got a microphone. Why don't I just talk about it? You know, um, people do vlogs and I wasn't going to go through the trouble of setting up my camera and getting the lighting right or anything like that just for a vlog. So I thought, well, I'll use my podcast mic and just do it that way. A P-log, if you will. A plug? Is that a word? Why do I get the feeling that's... uh, Something rather more dodgy. But anyway, this is basically completely unscripted and just totally me coming fresh out of a movie and talking about it. That's pretty much the deal. No fancy editing, no fancy music or anything like that. It's just literally I talk about a movie. Just to give some variety to the podcast show and to add that little bit extra. So, well, we'll kickstart with Spider-Man Homecoming. And I'll try to keep this relatively spoiler-free. And I will also try not to waffle on too long because these things should be kept to a relative minimum. So Spider-Man Homecoming, yes it's another Marvel film, we're getting them all the time, not that I mind because I love Marvel and DC, I love superheroes and I love Spider-Man. Although I mean Spider-Man the actual character. I grew up with Spider-Man through a lot of the cartoons when I was younger. I, I forget what cartoon series I specifically watched, it was during the 90s and it had that really weird sort of almost like robotic sound effects scene or something as part of the intro song, like Spider-Man, you know, it was kind of odd. But that was the series I grew up with and I really enjoyed it. So Spider-Man has probably been my favourite Marvel superhero for quite a while, certainly on par in the top three if nothing else. And we've done hit and miss with the movies, haven't we? Because the Tobey Maguire stuff started off incredibly cheesy and annoying. Then it got pretty good in the second film, despite flaws. And then the third film was good ideas, not executed very well, though. Then we got the reboot with Andrew Garfield. And I love Andrew Garfield. He's a great actor. And I really liked his portrayal of Peter. And I thought the romance between him and Gwen... um, I almost said Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stacy is perfect. It is like the perfect romance story. Almost better than the action itself. You know, the most of the amazing Spider-Man reboots are alright, but the second film tried to cram in way too much, and even the first one, as great as I thought it was, had some issues as well. Possibly the CGI on the lizard was a bit over the top. But, you know, generally I quite like them, so... But, you know, because it's not been in Marvel's hands, it's been in Sony and Fox's hands... They've never turned out quite as good as they could be. So now Marvel Studios has got hold of Spider-Man. Fantastic. And it's now in the MCU officially. Oh, it's about time. Well, Spider-Man Homecoming is a very different portrayal of this character than we are used to. Because Tom Holland now takes up the role and it is basically Spider-Boy as opposed to Spider-Man. This is a kid in high school. And I mean literally in high school. You know, they're worried about taking Spanish quizzes and doing academic decathlons and stuff like that. They are very... And it's homecoming. So you, you know, you in America know more about what year that is. It's the equivalent of our, like, secondary school prom, effectively. And it's definitely takes a little bit of getting used to. I mean, we got a little glimpse of him in Civil War, and I thought he was really cool in that, really funny. Now, in this one, of course, half of the movie is obviously him doing the Spider-Man thing, but the movie is very much less about his 
his origin and more about him becoming Spider-Man as opposed to Spider-Boy. You know, growing up and taking some responsibility, but thankfully never in the entire film do they batter the words with great power comes great responsibility because we are getting sick and tired of hearing that. And they thankfully don't go into the origin story either. There's no flashbacks or anything to do with him getting bit by a spider, for him being the, you know, oh, I was a dork now suddenly, oh my god, I got superpowers. No, he's already got his powers, this is following Civil War, so all that stuff is already established, and the filmmaker assumes you already know this stuff. So thankfully, it can just get on with the film. So a lot of it is down to Peter's general lifestyle. His lifestyle in school. You know, this is probably actually one of the better films to do with somebody in high school that I've seen in a while because it goes through the general antics you know he's trying to balance you know his workload with being Spider-Man he's trying to keep it all a secret especially from his uh sort of chubby um wrong word to use but basically his dorky friend and he's also trying to balance like being responsible for things like academic decathlons as I mentioned you know trying to get a date for the homecoming and all sorts of little things whilst trying to be Spider-Man so it's very much him growing up and it's quite cool that, it's, it's cool to watch that he's determined to be an Avenger. He's absolutely determined to be an Avenger and wants it more than anything else. But obviously, he's just a kid. And Stark knows this. So Stark has basically got him on training wheels for the time being. And it's incredibly frustrating for a kid to basically be told that you're, you know, to be treated like a kid. Yeah, his little joke in there is like, you know, I'm a kid who can cross bus with my bare hands or something. Yeah, but you're still a kid. You are not Spider-Man. You have barely started this. And... A lot of it, you have to get used to the fact that he's not quite as, um, what's the word, well, a well-oiled machine as we're used to Spider-Man. Like, when you look at the other two portrayals of this, and even the cartoon, Spider-Man's literally doing everything, like, really cool. He's got his, his you know, he's got his powers well, well and truly honed, he knows exactly what he's doing. This is a bit of a flip and a nice little twist because he's still new. He hasn't quite got the hang of everything in Stark's, you know, suit that he's made him. He hasn't got the hang of certain aspects of Spider-Man and how to be him. You know, he's still new. He's a rookie. And it's good to see that, actually. I was, you know, you, you don't even have Spider-Sense in this. Spider-Sense spider is gone. You know, we knew this beforehand, but it's weird. Because usually you're used to those cool effects where it's slow-mo and you see what they're doing with the whole Spider-Sense thing. Now he doesn't have it. So somebody can sneak up on him and he'll basically get screwed as a result. So that's a very different little twist. But they do go into a lot of neat little sort of funny gimmicks by basically addressing a lot of the criticisms that people have of Spider-Man in general. Like, how come it's always so easy for him to get to places? Well, now they put him in a place where there's no high buildings. Hmm, okay, different. And then they put him in, like, small neighbourhoods where basically you can swing, but only really low heights. It's like, okay, that's different as well. And then there's the fact that he's only been so high. You know, he, he's on top of Wellington Monument in the trailer, and he doesn't like the fact that he's so high. And it's like, well, doesn't he normally go this high? It's like, no, apparently not. He's not used to it. So definitely a lot of cool stuff with, uh, you know, really delving into this whole rookie thing. The, the villain Vulture... Vulture is actually quite a cool villain in this, actually. I've got to give props to Michael Keaton. He sold me on his character. I was a bit afraid about how you were going to portray Vulture. Because, I mean, look at him in the series. It's, um, yeah, it's rather goofy, isn't it? But I like the character, and I think Vulture is a cool villain for someone like Spider-Man to go up against. Because it's somebody who's airborne. And that's obviously a major problem for someone like Spider-Man. But with 
This one, Michael Keaton sells the character well. It's not just some power-hungry man trying to take over the world or anything. You believe his backstory. There's a cool twist with his character, which I won't spoil. And, you know, he you actually, you half feel sorry for him. Yes, he crosses a line, but you feel sorry for the fact that he's kind of tried to do everything and, you know, is getting hindered by other means. You know, it's not just him being selfish or anything. It's just people getting in the way. And he does what he can in order to make do, which is very different. But, and also, I love the costume in this, the, the robotic sort of wings he's got and the mask. It actually looks quite intimidating at times. And I thought, I thought, do not make this thing look goofy, don't make it look stupid. But no, it's actually a really cool, you know, set of wings. You believe that this thing could really do some damage, not just to Spider-Man, but to anybody who came across it. You know, you think that even if Iron Man went toe-to-toe with it, it would be a bit of a hindrance. But yeah, I, I thought Vulture looked pretty cool. I thought Keaton did a good job in the role. And I'm not going to say this is like one of the best villains that's out there, but certainly this is a much more well-rounded, fleshed-out villain than, say, your atypical, I am, uh, I'm just a bit of a douchebag, and I'm just going to say, oh, well, um, come at me. Yeah, I want to take over the world. You're all my slaves. You know, it's nice to see somebody who's actually not trying to do, commit world domination. You know, it's more just about money than it is anything else, which, let's face it, is the way of all greed, isn't it? The side characters all do a reasonable good job as well. I mean, you've got his uh, love interest who's half decent. You've got some funny little antics with the high school kids as they come in every now and again for little cameos. And, the you know, the other side ones like Shocker. I, I quite like Aunt May, this new Aunt May that people really got a little bit irate about that one. The whole, oh, why is Aunt May this sexy, you know, you know young woman or something? I bought it. I, I, I think it's fine. It's got nothing to do with her being attractive or anything. I just think it's quite a different take on Aunt May. She still shows the caring side. She still shows the fact that she really loves Peter and wants him to be safe from everything. But it's quite cool to have some funny little jokes every now and again about the fact that she is attractive. So they don't go too far with it. They don't delve into that sort of area too much. You just generally like the character and feel bad for her you know she has to go through she's been through a lot obviously because everybody knows the backstory you know she had to survive without uncle ben for god knows how long you know whilst raising a child by herself it's not easy so yeah she did all right as a cool character and obviously when tony stark is on the screen he pretty much steals every moment i mean i mean one of my favorite bits is from the trailer so it's not spoiler but basically when he's scolding peter for you know messing things up and almost getting people killed on the ferry you know i thought that exchange between the two of them was actually really good and the chemistry between tom and tony works quite well the action is okay there's some cool action bits in it but i never really felt that any of the action was groundbreaking i feel like it was kind of toned down from, um, you know, not even just Spider-Man films, but even just some of the other Marvel films. I felt that, you know, there wasn't too much in the way of stakes in this one. But then I suppose it was meant to be more sort of friendly neighborhood level anyway, because obviously this is a rookie character. You know, we'll get to the high stakes when, you know, Thanos decides to get up off his stupid chair and actually do something when it comes to Infinity War. Oh, can't wait for that, but oh my God, fingers crossed. So, yeah, the the action in here is a bit more scaled down. It's still entertaining. It's not like it's boring or anything. But, you know, the thankfully, the non-action stuff holds the film up pretty well. But finally, before I sign off, I'll mention, essentially, Tom Holland himself. 
He does pretty well in this, actually. He's a very adorable little character. Yeah, he, he acts his heart out, you believe his frustrations, you believe his emotions, he does a very good job acting, and even though this isn't the Peter Parker that I generally go for, because I'm slightly biased towards the way the cartoon went, and I'm a bit more biased towards Andrew Garfield's uh, representation of him, I think this is still a good, different take on the character. You know, he's joking around, he's cutting wisecracks, even though he's, you know, just a kid, he's, you know leaping around doing all this stuff and it is quite cool to see this age bracket for Pete which is certainly a lot more believable at least for the current moment you know Andrew Garfield did a great job but yeah graduation high school no <laughs> so you are too old for that so yeah Tom does a good job he's very likable almost adorable because he is just an innocent kid you know very naive to the ways of the world and this gets hammered into him quite a lot by even the bad guys and yeah i, I Took to him. I think he's. I think he's going to do a good job as Spider-Man. Yes, it's different. It's not my perfect rendition of Spider-Man. So if I was going to pick a favorite, it wouldn't be this one. But that's nothing against Tom. I think Tom does a good job, and I think this one is still going to be an entertaining character. And certainly because it's now under the Marvel Studios and not Sony, it means that the story might actually make some sense. Uh, I don't know, Sony. Sony's messed up X-Men. They've messed up Spider-Man. They've messed. You know. God knows how far we had to work just to get a decent Deadpool movie. It's, seriously, can't we just put everything into Marvel Studios and let them handle it? I would love to see X-Men brought to the Marvel, you know, not necessarily to the MCU, but just brought to Marvel Studios. You know, what did we, think about it, did we have a truly great X-Men film? With the possible exception of Logan. Logan was pretty cool. And I suppose I did really like Days of Future Past, but yeah, I mean, the rest of them are all... You know, first I think that whole first class Days of Future Past and Logan trilogy was pretty sweet. But the X Men's before it include and also X Men Apocalypse was a bit you know, it was a bit of a letdown, so yeah, certainly you know, I want Marvel Studios to take control of it and you know, don't even get me started on Fantastic Four. But yeah. Firstly, I thought Spider-Man Homecoming was a cool summer film. It was a great addition to the Marvel Universe. It was cool to see Spider-Man finally in the kind of like MCU. I think he's going to be great when you know Thanos does show up. And I look forward to a sequel which stay after the credits, like the midway. There's a mid teaser at the end for what might be coming in the sequel. Um, it's not. It's only you probably wouldn't notice much about it unless you actually have seen Spider-Man cartoons and that and actually recognize who this uh, extra character probably is. But whatever it's setting up, I don't know. We'll see. The second uh, Spider-Man film I'll certainly look forward to, but first I'll look forward to just the next Marvel film that comes out in general, which uh, is going to be for Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, we actually really can't wait for that one. That's going to be cool. So, yeah, I thought Spider-Man Homecoming was decent, not perfect, you know, but it was generally enjoyable. I don't think it's this 9.5 out of 10, you know, rating that, you know, a lot of reviewers are kind of giving it, you know, 5 out of 5 and that, but I would certainly still give it a 8. I'd still give it a high 8. I enjoyed it. I would get it on Blu-ray. I would watch it again, but, you know, I wasn't blown away by it. And I think maybe the trailer was probably half the problem with that because it did spoil a few bits. But, you know, it was it was generally a very cool film and I recommend going to see it if you're a fan of Spider-Man. So, that's it for me. I'm going to go to bed. 
because it's a bit late. But I'll leave you with that, and I hope you enjoyed this uh, P-log, as it might be called, depending on whether I Google and find some dodgy name for that. And, you know, hope you liked it. I'll start talking about other films and TV in the future if you like. So, you know, just give me your thoughts on this one, and I'll catch you soon. Bye-bye.